I surrender all. Well, if you surrender all, then that means there's nothing left. You have nothing left. And that's when God steps in because he says when you are weak, then he is strong. So he fills you up with what you actually need to do this work. But you're going to have to surrender. As Shirley so wonderfully said in the prayer, you have to surrender wanting your way. You can't have your way in this thing work. It just doesn't work that way. But if you surrender yourself, God fills you up. God has his way in you and then through you, we got something working. Praise the Lord. So again, as we sang that song and soon and very soon, I I need you to know that it really works right into the fabric of this uh, message today. We are still working on the series, The Church is the Change Agent. And today we wanted to talk about how we work together, how we will be able to work together as one body. Now, listen to me. It's important that we understand what body means. You know, you have a local church and then you have a universal church. Does everybody understand that? And guess what? The local church does not supersede the universal church. The universal church is the body of Christ. So as we talked before about the kingdom, in the kingdom, there are no borders. There are no lines that separate. So here's what I need you to understand today. We need to work together first in the local church, but then in all the other churches that are in the community, we need to be able to work with them. And then we need to be able to work with the universal church so that we all have the same message, the same power, as the Bible said, the same mind. For we have only one Lord One baptism. Is everybody still with me today? Now, is that easy? Of course not, because most of the time we can't even work together in our own house with spouses. So (laughs) So (laughs) it requires dying to yourself. It requires surrender. It requires not being selfish. If you feel that the only way things are good is when you get your way, you become a very dangerous person. Hard to work with, hard to be around. So let's talk about this today. It says how we are to work together for the glory of Christ. Would you be willing to surrender for the glory of Christ? Would you be able or will be willing to surrender your way for God's way? For the glory of Christ, would you be able to give up what you think should happen and let Christ determine what should happen? Would you be able to do that? Well, guess what? That's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. Again, we are the body of Christ. We are not the head of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And we talked about this before. If your body, if your feet decided to get out of bed before you told them to, you call 911. You'd be scared to death if your body started doing stuff that, you know, you didn't tell it to. And it's the same with us. If we're the body of Christ, then we follow whatever the head says do. And that head will direct us to work together. Everybody still with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Are you ready to have some fun, Tomoka? Oh, you better, you better be ready because we're about to take off here. And uh, it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. So listen, how we are to work together for the glory of Christ. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. All the verses today will be in the Amplified Translation. 
So I, it, this is this is going to be fun. You ready? Therefore, now you always remember whenever you come across the word therefore in the Bible, you need to go back and find out what therefore is therefore. But since this is not Bible study, this is a sermon that's on you to study. All right. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, I like this part, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice Holy and well-pleasing to God. A living sacrifice. So our job (laughs) is to be dead and alive at the same time and then giving ourselves away to Christ. How am I going to be dead and alive at the same time? Because a sacrifice dies, doesn't it? So I'm to be a living sacrifice. How does that work? See, the stuff that I think I want to live for or that I want to find important... Christ may be calling me to die to that, but come to life for something he wants to do. So when God calls you to do something, it can be important for you to submit. How many of us remember a guy named Jonah in the Bible? God called Jonah to go to Nivea, but Jonah wanted his own way. He didn't, I don't want to go to Nivea. There are Gentiles in Nivea. I don't, I'm a Jew. I don't want to go where those Gentiles are. So no, I'm not going. So Jonah resisted the call of God. He didn't die to himself, but Jonah did die. What did he do? He got swallowed up in the belly of a whale. I don't know about you. (laughs) I know he wasn't reading a book in the belly of the whale. (laughs) I know he was dead in the context of He was no longer connected to the world. He was no longer connected to anything. Jonah had given up everything that Jonah thought was important because he had no rights. He had no power. He had no authority in the belly of the whale. Thank God God is the creator of all things. And he had the whale spit him out on the the island of Nivea. Now, if you don't believe that's a true story, if it can happen, if you ever watch National Geographic, they'll show you. When whales open up their mouth, they swallow everything. Then their stomach and their throat determines what things they actually want to go into their stomach. And what they don't want to go, they will spit it out. Don't believe me? Watch National Geographic. It'll show you on there. So so, so Jonah wanted his way. God wanted a better way. So God took Jonah, put him in the belly of the whale. Jonah ended up going to Nivea and they still celebrate uh, Jonah in Nivea. They still do. So what do we need to do? Submit, become a living sacrifice. Pastor, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like the way they do that. I don't like the color of that. I don't like this. I remember passing a church and we needed to paint the inside of the building. Yeah, y'all know the story already, don't you? You know how you are. I don't like blue. I don't like brown. I don't like yellow. So finally... Five and a half months in, still arguing over the color of the paint. I called the lady in who was going to do the painting for us. I said, sister, come here this weekend and you paint the building whatever you want to paint it. We'll deal with it on Sunday. (laughs) And she did. And guess what? Not one peep, not one word. Not one word. But see, sometimes we want to fight. We want to have our way, and if we don't have our way, then we mess up everything. That's not how God wants us to work together. Let me read on. 
Hopefully this will be helpful to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. I want to go back to the top for it. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. World. We're all living in the world, so that word world there doesn't talk about the, the, the sphere that we live on. What it's talking about is a mindset. There's a mindset out there that we're no longer supposed to have. So when we come to Christ, when we surrender ourselves, we surrender our mindset. We surrender our will. We surrender those things to Christ and we give it away. We become this living sacrifice <laughs> that's, that worships him and it becomes our rational, logical form of worship. But we give ourselves to him. So our ideas are no longer what's important. His ideas are. So how do you stop the world dictating to you and accept what Christ wants to dictate to you? But that in the word of God is this powerful word called gospel. The gospel, the good news of the gospel. The good news replaces the bad news that was in us. You get rid of the old stuff and you put this new news in. In Colossians, it talks about put on these clothes, put on tenderhearted mercy. See, we change how we think. But to do that, you've got to die. You've got to give it away. And that will enable you to work with somebody else. Y'all understand this? They sing a line in the song today, no more hatred. There'll be no more hatred there. If you hate a group of people... How then do you work with them? You can't. It's impossible because you hate them. But once you realize biblically <laughs> that God loves them and then you give your life away, you surrender your will to God, then you can work with those people. It may be a progressive change, but it begins to happen if you give up your will. But if God sent you to those people and you decided not to go, you know, there's still a bunch of whales in the world. You may get swallowed up and spit out into that arena yourself. Is this making sense to anybody today? I pray God is making sense to you at home. I, 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 it, this is good stuff. But listen, let's read on. It says... And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be what? Transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values, not superficial values or worldly values, but godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you isn't that a wonderful thing he got a plan and a purpose for you but you're going to have to quit you're going to have to die you're going to have to surrender 
his, his plan and purpose for you. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. For just as in one physical body, we have many parts and these parts do not all have the same function or special use. So we who are many are nevertheless just one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on each other. We can't escape each other, brothers and sisters. If we are in the work of God Almighty, we cannot escape each other. We have to depend on each other and we have to be respectful and humble to each other. Because we are but one body. But one body. One body. How do we get here? See, right now, man, we're about as divided as divided can be. There's certain words you can't even use in church anymore because they have such a powerful political attachment to them. You can't even say them in the church. Even if you read them in the Bible, people are getting mad. You know, like justice, the word justice, Jesus, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus was coming with justice. Part of his thing was going to be justice. We say justice now and then folks get mad. We don't No, No, I don't want justice. I don't want them to have justice. What do you mean by justice? I'm like, what in the world are we talking about? But we have to understand it's no longer about me. So let me be personal with you for a minute. If it was just about me and what I wanted, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be. If it was just about me and what I wanted. But I thank God. I thank him because he gave me the opportunity to see my life and where it was directed or going when I was making decisions, when I didn't surrender to him, when I wanted to do what I wanted to do. He let me experience and see what the results of that would be. And I'm here to tell you right now, he could have sent me anywhere. He could have sent me to Nivea. He could have sent me anywhere. Once I got that realization, I'm going. Oh, I hope you all understand me this morning. I'm going. But I need you to do the same thing. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> think correctly about who you are. You are a part of the body. You are a part of the body. Here's, here's why I really began to understand this. You know you got ten toes. Some of us have less. But guess what? When you miss a toe, it causes you to walk different, doesn't it? Causes you to have a different kind of balance when you miss a toe. I had uh, uh, arthritis in my thumb. They call it trigger something, trigger finger. I don't know why they call it trigger finger, and it was in my thumb, but I'll let the doctor handle that. But it, I couldn't squeeze, I couldn't hold stuff. 
I couldn't pick things up. I couldn't squeeze things. So the doctor took a needle and stuck it in my thumb. And boy, did that hurt. But he put cortisone in there. And now it works. I can use my thumb to grip. Now, out of all of these fingers, you didn't think so much about your thumb, but I'm telling you how important it is, how important each and every human being on the planet is to God's plan and purpose. Everybody has a plan. He has a plan and purpose for everyone. And we fit together. We work together. So don't think that your particular duty or your job is more important than somebody else's. You know, I did a leg workout at the gym one time and I was in my car and my legs were on fire but I had to stop at the supermarket and pick up some food so I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot of the supermarket complaining I'm rubbing my legs and complaining about how hard oh man these things hurt they're on fire and I look up and there's a guy coming out of the supermarket in a wheelchair with no legs perspective immediate perspective i need you to understand something today you need to surrender so you can be part of the body and then you need to give up your will and let god's perfect will work through you so he can do the great work that he wants to do the world needs jesus right the world needs jesus we sing the song when will we realize (laughs) <laughs> that they need, they, the world needs the Lord. We're his body. But we need to be able to surrender and work together to make that happen. Somebody say amen. Let's go to another verse here. This is, this is going to be fun. We talked about superficial values and we talked about godly values. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, we're going to begin to read at verse number 28. Also in the Amplified Translation. It says, then one of the scribes, an expert in Mosaic law came up and listened to them arguing with one another and noticing that Jesus answered them well. Jesus answered. The first and most important one is this. They had asked him what what were the, the most important laws. So listen closely. He said the first and the most important. I want everybody to say most important. The first and most important one is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, your life. And with all your mind, your thought, understanding, and with all your strength. We're going to leave that verse there because I think we just need to read it one more time. But I need you to understand something. Does it leave anything out? Did it cover the whole body from head to toe? It covered everything. Listen to me. Jesus said it is the most important thing. So when you love God... To that capacity, then you go back to the verses in Romans, then you give him your life. You give him your energy. You give him everything. You surrender yourself to the one that you know already loves you and gave his life for you because of God's beautiful plan. So you find this thing in your heart 
to progressively give ground. You know, man, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. But God, you said. See, because when I first got here to Tomoka, it was the first place I'd ever been where people didn't clap on time. In first place, I'd always been, you know, church used to rock. I mean, just rock. But everybody, everybody <laughs> would clap on time, stomp their feet on time. But that didn't happen here. And, and I, I, I went, okay, can, can I make a judgment that I want to leave because of that? Well, I can't because that is not important. What was important is that their hearts beat on time. That their love for God was real. That's what was important. And that got me. It caused me to be a part of something so magnificent, so beautiful. Because we began to work together as one. We began to stop our differences. We began to stop our fears. We began to stop our doubts. We began to look at who we were. And we began to work together for the glory of God. I can't ask for anything better than that. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Do you understand? But if you want things your way, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, even the dog going to leave when you come in the room. Everything's going to happen because nobody wants to be around somebody that they can't be themselves with. Somebody say amen. And it says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, not some but all. And with all your soul, your life, all your life, and with all your mind, your thoughts, your understanding, what do you do? You give it to God. And with all your strength, this is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Two. But those two cover everything and cause us to give up everything. So what am I asking you today? I'm asking you to die. I'm asking you to become a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is a progressive change. You progressively change. You progressively giving up how you see the world to see the world through Christ's eyes. You progressively give up on how you feel about a thing to find out what his godly values are about that thing. Are y'all with me this morning? Is this making sense so far? We're almost done. It said the scribe, excuse me, the scribe said to him, admirably answered, teacher, you truthfully stated that he is one and there is no other but him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength. And to unselfishly love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. You know what, Lord? I don't like those people. And I don't want nothing to do with them. But I'll, here, I'll buy some food to send over there to them. Uh, you know, I'll put some money in the pot. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like those folks. 
But what if God said to you, keep the money in your pocket, get on an airplane, and you go deliver the money to him? Again, we are but one body. We are but one group of people. See, this is why this is so vitally important. The Pharisees were good at making a show of things, but they didn't really do it. But we'll get to that in a minute. It says, when Jesus saw that he answered thoughtfully and intelligently, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. I love that. See, because in the kingdom of God, these things that we're talking about, they reign in the kingdom of God. Being unselfish. Surrendering yourself, becoming a living sacrifice, getting rid of the world's customs and values and accepting God's values. Those are the things that reign in the kingdom of God. So you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one would dare to ask him any more questions. I don't want to hear any more about me giving up, Lord. I don't want to hear any more about me being a sacrifice. I don't know. I don't want to hear any more. Are y'all... Some of folks out there right now, y'all are telling me, I don't want to hear any more, Pastor Ben. I got to tell you the truth. We need to die. Let's go to another verse. Y'all having fun yet? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And it, uh, again, amplified. We're going to begin to read at verse number 7. It says, the end and the culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled. For the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on the things of who? God. When we're being selfish, it's about us. It's all about us. And when things don't work the way we want them to work, then we have to figure that those people who are not working with us are not doing what I want them to do. They're wrong. And if they're not wrong, we'll slander them anyway, because it has to be my way. You know, you heard the old story about the kid playing in the sandbox and he got mad. He decided to take his toys out of the sandbox and go home. Well, he ain't got a sandbox at home. So them toys are going to be worthless at home because he ain't got nobody to play with. He has nobody to say, hey, that was fun. Or he ain't got any of that. When you're selfish, you end up on an island by yourself and that's not god's plan god's plan is that we would work together as one body therefore we have worship together we have praise together we can uplift each other if you're crying we can cry with you if you're happy we can be happy with you you have this camaraderie in the body of christ that allows you to grow but when you become selfish when you become that person that only wants your way then you ostracize yourself away from the body and then you begin to lose that connectiveness with everybody else. And can I tell you a secret? When you're selfish, the body's glad that you are by yourself because they don't need to deal with your selfishness. Somebody say amen. It says so that there, so that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to him. Above all, Have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Fervent and unfailing love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness. 
<laughs> and unselfishly, you see how that word keeps appearing? And unselfishly seeks the best for others. Man, you talking about somebody that needs to progressively grow? Because this stuff doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy, but it is so necessary. You know, man, I love this stuff because it, my wife, I, my definition of home is fun. I call it fun. I call it fun because it tears you apart. It rips at your inner self. It tears it apart. You actually begin to die and then God begins to restore you. He grows you and you make this transformation. I call it fun because I want to be what God wants me to be. I am tired of being what Ben selfishly wanted to be. But what's going to be required of me? I'm going to have to die. Being a living sacrifice ain't easy, folk. But it is so necessary and so rewarding. Almost there. It says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in what? Serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited Favor. Whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles, the utterances, the very words of God. Whoever serves the congregation is to do so as one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies. Who supplies the strength? God does. So when you empty yourself out, he, he pours himself into you so he can live his life through you. So the strength that you need to do this particular thing comes from him. But he's not going to fright you. He gave us free will. He's going to say, do you want to surrender? And you go, no. He said, I'll come back and see you next week. <laughs> and, and, and he said, do you want to surrender? Uh -huh. I'm thinking about it. I'll come back and see you next week. No, it, it becomes this thing of, Free will. You become a living sacrifice. You surrender. You're emptied. He pours himself into you and then he lives through you. Guess who he can love? For God so loved the world. I said, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So when Jesus is living through you, who can Jesus love? Everybody. I said, everybody. Well, Jesus don't love, don't you dare speak for Jesus. You can speak for you. But Jesus died on the cross and he didn't say, well, the first three hours I'm dying for these folks and second three hours I'm dying for these folks. No, he died for everybody. Let me shut up and finish reading. Y'all good? Praise the Lord. It says, by the strength with God abundantly supplies so that in all things, God may be what? Glorified, honored. And magnified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. One last verse and we're closing. Go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. These are the things required of us to work together. Can't be selfish. 
and you're going to have to be transformed. You can no longer let the world's values guide you. You're going to have to let godly values drive you. And what are his values? To love the Lord thy God with all thy strength, all thy mind, all thy heart. Those are, and then love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, they supersede everything. Let me read this. Romans chapter, what did I say, 15? Yeah, verse 5. It says, now, when is now? Right now. Now may the God who gives endurance and who supplies encouragement grant that you be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. You don't have to be one in mind with everybody according to you. Because you have to die to be one in mind with everybody else. You're going to have to do it through Christ. So you're going to have to let Christ die for you, live in you, and then live through you. That way you can be one. Well, I don't want to be one with them. If Jesus had that mindset, where would we be right now? The Bible says when we were yet God's enemies... Jesus died for the ungodly. Did he die for us? Did he die for us? Yes, he did. So what are we supposed to do? If he died for us, he now lives in us. He wants to reach these other people. How does he do it? Through you and I. I can no longer be selfish. Can I, I mean, I'm being real. It hurts to have to deal with folks sometimes who don't like you, who don't respect you, who don't think you're equal to them. It is hard to deal with people like that. It is hard to know that there are people planning to to destroy you or deny you or delay you. It's hard to do that. But listen, I don't know any other way but to let Jesus live in me and through me. I've tried it my way. My way doesn't work. My way would send me to prison. I could see me now with hands around somebody's throat and their eyes bulging out of their heads. That way doesn't work. So how do I deal with these folks? The same way Jesus died for his enemies. I let him live in me and then live through me. I can go home and cry, but I get back up on my feet because nothing will defeat Jesus. It says, so that with one accord, You may, with one voice, glorify and praise and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One voice. Therefore, continue to accept and welcome one another. Just as Christ has accepted and welcomed us to the glory of God. Of our great God. He died for you and I. Do we deserve that? No. That's why it goes back to Romans. It tells us, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Don't think that Jesus died for you because you were so cool. (laughs) He died for us because we were separated from God. For I tell you that Christ has become a what? A servant. And a minister to the circumcision, the Jews, on behalf of God's truth to confirm and verify the promises made to the fathers. And for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy to them since God had no covenant with them 
as it is written and forever remains written. Therefore, I praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. I praise you, Father, that I wasn't part of the original plan, but you added me into the plan being a Gentile. And then once you added me in, you leveled the playing field that nobody was better and nobody was least. You made sure that we received the exact same thing so we could work together. So once we understand what this is, if we all have a gift from God, if we've all been blessed from God, if we all have a talent from God, then everything comes from God. We don't generate it. We don't have a reason to be jealous or envious of someone else. So we work together for his glory. So in closing, what's that going to require of us? We need to study living sacrifice for a bit. I can imagine when I watch National Geographic and I'll see a pack of wild dogs or hyenas attack another animal. They are eating that animal before it stops breathing. You could hear the pain and agony coming from that animal as those animals attack it. You could hear the screams and the utter, it's just horrible. That, in my mind, is a living sacrifice. Because when God said, Ben, you said you want me to enter into your life, you accept me as Lord and Savior, I say, yes, Jesus. Jesus says, okay, I'm coming in. And the pain started. It started immediately because I wanted my way. And Jesus kept saying, I thought you wanted me here. I thought you said I was going to be Lord and Savior. If I'm Lord, then you got to stop doing that. You got to give that up. You got to accept this. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I became a living sacrifice and it was painful. It hurt to have to give up what I thought made me important. To really become important because of Christ. So what am I asking you to do today? The same thing. We need to do these things so we can work together. Could be an envious. Could be in jealous. Quit wanting someone else's gift when you got one yourself. Quit wanting to be a nose if you're already a toe. You being a toe is just as important on the body as the nose. Somebody say amen. I need us to get this so we can work together for real. You know, the world is waiting for this light to shine. When we work together in unity, it sends a message to the people in the world. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for hanging out with a brother this week. I pray, God, that this particular segment was important for you or helpful to you. This is how we work together. Become a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week.